With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good evening. Welcome to Game Over Vancouver uh, here on SDPN. My name is Parker, also known as Parker's Pucks. Uh, A frustrating one for the Canucks tonight. Uh, A game in which, honestly, defensively, they played pretty well, um, but really couldn't create much in the offensive zone. And uh, I mean, it was just a frustrating one. The, The second period was a complete mess of penalties and a complete lockdown. Uh, just, just a a waste of a period, essentially. Um, and a game that it really just felt like the Canucks were not strong on the puck, really. Like lots of their plays were just dump and chase and try to create something. And then it felt like the Avs were coming in with pressure and with puck control. Uh, and we're just able to create more opportunities. Uh, goaltending didn't work out for the Canucks tonight. I've got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, and we will get to that, of course, a little bit later. Uh, if you don't know me, uh, you can find me on Parker's Pucks here on Twitter and YouTube. Uh, and of course, make sure you're subscribed here to SDPN. Uh, yeah, long list, long list of things to talk about today. I'm riding solo, uh, as the great Jason Drulo once said uh, on this evening, uh, this Wednesday night, uh, gearing up to go to Seattle for the Kraken game. And hopefully the Canucks put a little bit of a better performance out on Saturday. Uh, so plan for today, we got no ads running off the top. We are going to go right into things. Uh, we'll start with a recap of the game. Uh, we'll get into my thoughts of the game. Normally on my channel, I do what's called plus minus, right? It's a, it's like a hockey stat, uh, where I talk about my pluses for the Canucks and my minuses for the Canucks. Um, my pluses column is pretty empty. Like it's, it's a very short, it's a very short, <laughs> uh, column today. The minus column is pretty long. Uh, and, and I can elaborate on a lot of those things. Um, so make sure you stick around, especially towards the end where I'll, uh, I'm going to spend some time, especially as I am riding solo, uh, getting to some viewer questions, uh, towards the end. Uh, so save those. If you've got thoughts on the game that you want to bounce off of me, uh, or if you, uh, have other Canucks related questions, I mean, the Canucks now, you know, what happens next, right? Already down Susie for, you know, for six to eight weeks, Friedman out now my, or like Friedman gets hurt in this game. Myers gets hurt in this game. Um, what do the Canucks do? Right. Um, it's that there's a good question idea for you. (laughs) So let's do it. Let's break it down. Let's start in the first period. Um, Canucks really started this game in their own zone. Uh, the avalanche had quite a bit of pressure. Um, and really for the first 13 minutes of this game, genuinely, it felt like the Avs were spending most of the time in the Canucks zone, but the Canucks were playing really well defensively. 
Um, so they're, they're keeping everything outside uh, to the outside. There's not a lot of high danger chances coming through, really not a lot of shots coming through either, but I'm sitting there sweating bullets because I'm like, it takes one second for the abs to score, right? Even if we're doing a good job, keeping the outside, we're getting the puck out of the zone. We're not creating anything and we're spending too much time here. Um, so I was getting really concerned. And then of course, Canucks take a penalty. Great. Great. Uh, you know, penalty kill hasn't been their strength in the last couple of years. It's been okay recently. Um, but they get their first opportunity to uh, to try to make something happen. Uh, so Ian Cole, interference penalty on the rush, about 13 and a half minutes into the zone. Uh, pretty good kill, honestly. They really just continue doing what they were doing for the entire beginning half of the first period, which is keep everything to the outside. Really no dangerous chances for the Avs. Honestly, the best chance of this entire power play is for Ilya Mikheyev. He gets a breakaway going the other way as the penalty expires. Can't beat Georgiev. Uh, Georgiev was good. Guriev was great tonight, uh, and and that that was tough for the Canucks. Um, he has, I mean, he's played more games this year than everyone except Tampa's goalie with Vasilevsky out, Tampa's backup. So they are riding him, uh, and they've needed to lately. I mean, they've only won you know five of their last eleven games after a hot start, and now they're up to obviously six of their last twelve. So they're back up to five hundred in their last twelve. But Guriev was a big part of that. Um, right after that uh, that kill, though, the Canucks get a little bit of momentum off that. They put out the uh, the Lafferty and Bavillier line. Um, really good play from Sam Lafferty on the boards here. Uh, he wins this board battle. He gets the puck to Bavillier, who gets a good shot off. Uh, and then Hoaglander jumps on the rebound in tight and hits the post, <laughs> but then is able to get back to the forehand and uh, and fire home uh, the finish. So Canucks go up to a one nothing lead pretty early in this one, uh, you know, 16 and a half minutes into the first, and, and things feel pretty good, right? Hey, can we carry this one goal lead? into the second period because second periods as you're probably well aware have been very good to the Canucks so far this season right second periods they have been uh they're like way outscoring opponents uh, and they did again in this one spoiler alert um but can they carry it in and they can't um because Connor Garland gets called for a cross check in the offensive zone this was the first of many very weak penalty calls in this game. And I'm not saying that as a, as a Homer, as a Canucks fan, I am saying that in general, there was a lot of very weak, and especially in the second period, weak calls, uh, in this game, Garland, little push with the stick in his hands, a play you see a dozen times a game. Uh, you know, the, the, the abs go to the power play and it's a power play. You don't want to tempt, right? They're very similar to the Canucks power play. They've got a lot of, they've got a lot of firepower, out there and of course the Avs get set up they end up with a little two-on-one down low uh, and the pass gets through from Rantanen to Nachushkin um Philip Hronik needs to do better here um I know Philip Hronik is a offensive defenseman and he has been very good in that role uh no doubt about it but it, this was bad I mean he's he's standing straight up feet almost together um, you know, the puck comes down low. There's essentially one guy in the corner, one guy at the far post. So he's obviously trying to get that puck through, right? He can take a shot from there. Nothing's going to happen. Most likely, unless he picks the perfect spot. Uh, he has two options. One is to find that pass through. The other is to walk in a couple of steps in tight and try a, just a quick shot or a jam or something along those lines. Hronik allows both essentially instead of taking half a step back and committing to the guy on the far post and tying him him up and allowing that guy to take a step in, which probably isn't the best play. Um, or 
waiting to see what that guy will do and then, you know, go all out on him, right? So you could you can either cover one guy or you can cover the other guy, right? You can go to you can go at the guy with the puck, even sprawl like do a little Tyler Myers slide as we've seen a million times before from him, do something to disrupt, right? Instead, Heronic kind of takes a half step, stops, stands, tries to have a little bit of an active stick and the pass is able to get through. And obviously Demko has no chance if Natushkin makes contact with this it's in and he does. Um, a mistake from Hronik. And of course, it's a bang-bang play, right? But, you know, on the PK, you need to be quick to commit to things because you're down a man uh, and, and the Savs power play is quick. They're going to score quick. So, unfortunate for Hronik uh, to make it 1-1. And now we're thinking, all right, hey, if we end the second period 1-1, again, we're a good second period team. The Canucks, the Canucks do good in the second period. Let's get there with a 1-1. And they don't. Uh, the avalanche literally come right back into the zone less than a minute later. They come back in, they set up again. And then a few seconds after that, they get the puck to Kale McCarr who fires a shot that gets tipped by Jonathan drew and, and in, uh, and, and I'm literally my note for this is cause I was getting frustrated. My note was deserved. It was a deserved goal. The Avs have had, had so much pressure early in this game and the Canucks just again, kept everything to the outside, but it's a matter of time against a team with that much firepower in Colorado, where if you just leave them in your zone all game, even to the outside, well, eventually you have a hard shot from a guy like McCarr and someone's just got to get a piece of it, right? And Druen wasn't tied up well enough. He gets a piece of it and it goes in. Uh, so it's 2-1. The Canucks almost tie it up late in the period. Um, a great play from Teddy Bluger to get it to Joshua. Joshua gets stopped, like a really, really, really good save. And then the rebound comes out. And Joshua slides it right through the crease. One of those ones where 70% of the time, that's a goal. You know, he just reaches out, slides at it. Uh, he's got a, you know, it's a sharp angle, but there's quite a bit of net to hit there. You know, an inch right, two inches right, maybe. And we're tied up going into the first intermission, but he puts it right to the crease, uh, through the crease in the dying second. So genuinely defensively a good period for the Canucks the first uh, like in their own zone they were very good defensively the problem is they spent way too much time in there so on to the second period uh Canucks go to the power play about two and a half minutes in to the second period um Joshua gets tripped going behind the net power play does nothing for a minute and 43 seconds and then a little bit of pressure on Bowen Byram and he sails one over the glass so the Canucks have a five on three for 17 seconds uh this power play was better um like genuinely better um Bavillier had the best chance in tight he can't get it to go man Bavillier, like he's he's been playing better in my opinion Bavillier. but for that price tag he got to finish yeah i mean two goals all year and they were the ninth and tenth goals in that game against san jose they won 10-1 um, you know, it's, it's a results based league. You guys, you got to think the bounces will start going his way at some point, but man, you got to be, you just, you got to produce, uh, and he hasn't been able to. Um, so it's a wasted opportunity. It's, it's essentially three minutes and 43 seconds of power play time. They get eight shots off, but get nothing to go. Um, then we have a bunch of mayhem because Demko goes and gets, goes to play the puck. Uh, Natushkin, bang like they, they sort of collide skates it's a pretty like it's a trip but it's fairly weak the problem is the puck went right to an avalanche player after so it was like an open net the refs have to call it in that case so they call it a trip uh the canucks then get into the offensive zone right away they win the face off and on this power play they spend 40 seconds passing it around 
as they do, right? You, you're on a power play. You're looking for the right moment. You don't want to give up possession because then they can clear it out. So they set up for 40 seconds, passing it back and forth. And it all culminates in a long wrist shot from Quinn Hughes. Like, I get it. They were getting antsy. You got to get something on net. But if you are going to spend 40 seconds of a two-minute power play, a third of the power play, setting up the perfect play... It's not a wrist shot from the point with not much traffic that doesn't get deflected that goes right into the chest of the goalie. It's just not, right? Power play just wasn't good tonight. Um, So as this power play ends, Brock Besser and Manson get involved in front of the net. Uh, Manson gives him a little cross check. Besser goes back to give him a cross check. And in Besser's motion of giving him a cross check sort of leans into it. And it looks to me, at least at first glance, that Manson braces and does one of these like sort of a, a bra- like he's he's bracing to get cross checked, and his stick goes up here as Besser's coming in, and we get a stick right to the mouth. Besser's down bleeding. They both go to the box. Ref goes both go. All right, two and two, and I'm looking at that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's probably right. There's two guys battling in front. They're giving each other cross checks. You sent them both. That makes sense. And then the refs talk, and they talk for a while, like a while. And then they're like, all right, normally what they do in this case is they say what the penalties are and they say that one penalty for one person is a four or a five and we're going to review it. They just say uh, uh, six has two for rough or two for cross checking uh, and we're reviewing Manson's penalty. They don't even clarify what it's going to be. They review it for a while. And again, on the replay, I'm seeing two and two the whole way, two minutes apiece. Cross-check, cross-check back. Hey, two guys, you're being disruptive. Both of you go to the box. Um, (laughs) But they kick Manson out. (laughs) Like, genuinely, it looked like Besser went for the cross-check and Manson sort of, like, braced himself, got the stick up high, and Besser flails back. And he obviously got a stick to the face. You flail flail back. It hurts, right? You don't, you know, you you feel a stick to the chin. You're like, ah, Jesus, right? And, And he goes down. He's genuinely hurt. It's cut his chin open. Um, but yeah, five at a game seems crazy for <laughs> like for, for that play. But what does that mean? That means Besser's got two Manson's got five. Do the math. That's a three minute power play for the Canucks that will not end if they score. Now, what if I told you that on a five minute penalty, the Canucks did not see a single second of power play time, not one, not a single second. Now you might be asking, well, how could that happen? Well, <laughs> you have uh, the four on four for two minutes, which JT Miller scores on, by the way. Maybe I should talk about that first. Uh, great goal from JT Miller. He's going in down the left wing, sort of like closer to the middle, not on the boards, but he's coming in down the wing. He sh- drops the shoulder into Devon Taves. And as he's doing that, pulls the puck into his skate as he's driving. So he takes that step all in one motion, puck to the skate, and then kicks it back out to the stick and a quick shot. That is prime power forward it's just, it's beautiful. A beautiful goal for Miller, a perfect goal and a goal that they needed. So we're tied at two. And then as the four on four is about to expire, the Canucks are about to see three minutes of power play and Bavillier, as he's falling, swings his stick and takes down Ross Colton in the offensive zone. Mind you, I get it again. It's kind of weak. He was falling and he swung the stick, but you cannot do that. Like you, you're getting a three minute power play in a tie game. You cannot take a penalty in the offensive zone in that situation. There's no imminent threat to your team. You're about to go on a three minute power play. 
they're not going to go on this big rush down the ice. They've got 10 seconds left until they're they're on the kill, right? They're going to get to center. They're going to play it deep. They're going to get their penalty killing unit out there. Bavillier takes this penalty. And then before the Bavillier penalty can expire, Tyler Myers gets absolutely danced on by Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon is blasting down the right wing. Tyler Myers is thinking, oh boy, I am going to line Nathan McKinnon up. He is going, he takes two good steps. He is just like eyes at the chest of McKinnon and McKinnon does a little stutter step hop as he chips the puck through Myers goes straight and what a hit on the boards by Tyler Myers. Those boards really felt it. Uh, And McKinnon is just off and past him and Myers reaches in and gets him with the hook. And that is how, folks, the Canucks do not see a moment of power play time after drawing a five-minute penalty. It's just ridiculously, I mean, it's bad discipline, right? The Pavilion plays bad discipline. Myers got beat, and he panicked, and he tried to prevent a goal. He really didn't slow McKinnon down at all, though. It's just it's just a waste. It's just bad discipline on the on the side of the Canucks. And let's be real, uh, we don't need to call this many penalties with that when everything happens, but either way. Um, and then... The Canucks kill all this off, and there's again, it's just a mess, and it's hard to do the math on who's got what power play. Uh, eventually, we then have a battle in front of the Canucks net where Mark Friedman and and Val- Valerie Nachushkin are battling in front, um, and they're both just sort of, again, jostling for position. Nothing really egregious here. They're jostling for position. Nachushkin's going off balance, and he sort of grabs um, Friedman uh, sort of in like a tackle almost, and it's like... This could have been a penalty based on everything else that was called. Maybe it is, but again, I, I don't put much stock into it. Uh, and Friedman, essentially, as he's landing, Nachushkin lands essentially on his head with a bunch of weight, um, which is unfortunate. So Friedman's hurt. He did not return to this game, and we'll talk about what that means for the Canucks um, later on uh, after after we finish this one, because we also have a Myers injury to potentially talk about, unless there's an update on Myers that I haven't seen yet because I'm not on Twitter. Maybe I'll, I'll do a quick search uh, in the background. Um, let's go to the third period. So it's 2-2, and, and in the second period, all fairness to them, Canucks outshot the Avalanche 11-7. They scored the only goal. We're tied going to the third. Clean slate. There's no penalties on the board. Let's go into the third. Uh, 84 seconds in Colorado scores. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Avs get in the zone. Puck comes back to the D-man, which isn't actually... It's Miles Wood. Um, And then the Canucks winger is just slow to get there. 
Like they they had done such a good job of keeping everything to the outside all game. And again, this is another shot from the outside, but it's a shot that gets tipped by Tufty, who I had never heard of. Had you heard of Riley Tufty? He's played. Uh, this is his seventeenth game of his career, so probably not. Um, so of course he gets his first NHL or no second NHL goal uh, against the Canucks. Uh, just got a piece of it. Uh, Demko probably wants to have that, but he never really found it after the deflection. And then Tockett and Mike Yo are looking at the bench, like a long look at the replay. And I'm surprised the refs even let him look this long um, to see. I thought they might be looking at offside because I thought it was close at the line um, at the time, but they were definitely looking at goalie interference um, because Tufty kind of leans into Ian Cole, who slides a little bit back and into Demko's glove. Is it goalie interference? Maybe technically very ticky tacky goaltender interference. If they challenged it, the Canucks would have been shorthanded. <laughs> they they are never overturning one that is that minor. Um, so they don't challenge it, which I think is the right play. Uh, so it's 3-2 Avs. Canucks get close to tying it up. Uh, another nice Horonic to Kuzmenko tip play. Uh, but really, most of the third period, not a lot happens. Um, and for a team that is down in the third period... The Canucks totaled seven shots in the entire third period. That's unacceptable, right? Genuinely, you you had 11 shots in the first, 11 in the second. You had 11 shots in the first, and you played half of it, if not more than half of it, stuck in your own zone. And in the third period, they get seven. Seven shots in the entire third period. And that's the only like real chance that I even have to mention. Uh, seven and a half to go. JT Miller tries to do too much. Um, he is, uh, near the top of the zone on the left-hand side, um, against the boards. And he's probably not expecting Kale McCarr, a defenseman to come all the way out and challenge him all credit to Kale McCarr. What a sweet play. This was, he just goes out and lines up the poke check perfectly on JT Miller. He's got a ton of speed. He's got momentum carrying from his own net as he went to make that poke check. And he is off to the races. Ian Cole. And Tyler Myers are the two D-men on this play. They are both standing at the blue line flat-footed. And I get it. You're hoping that Miller plays it over to you and you can set something up. But in that in that play, that's what McCarr sees. McCarr sees, hey, if I go at JT Miller and he gets it away from me and past me, I mean, they still have the puck on the outside. They're not doing much. But if I get the puck from him, I have so much daylight. Just a green light all the way down the ice. And... Kale McCarr gets the stick on it, and he has nobody in front of him the whole way. He goes in on Demko, and honestly, Demko almost had it. He shot it probably right here at the glove, and it hit, it, I guess he had enough juice on it. It hits the, the top, the tippy top of Demko's glove, folds it back, and it goes in. Demko's frustrated, as he should be. I mean, that's one that, you know, you get that much of a piece of it, you should probably make the save. Um, he didn't have a great night tonight, but... It's 4-2. Uh, and then the Canucks pull the goalie with four minutes to go because they have an offensive zone faceoff. I don't love it. Like this is the Canucks are a team that can score a goal. Like they have the offensive firepower to score a goal. Like, and I think you could probably wait till two and a half minutes to pull the goalie. Um, because this this just ends it, right? Uh 30 seconds later, Miko Rantanen just goes and scores. Um, and it goes off of Pedersen, and there's like four guys trying to block it, but the tip made it uh, not savable. So it's it's five two, and the game's over. Um, and that's it, essentially. Uh that's it, it was just a frustrating one. Uh genuinely, they, the Canucks had 
for all the struggles of the first period um, being stuck in their own zone and for the second period of all of those penalties and not seeing that power play time, they walked into the third period against the Colorado Avalanche on the road after playing however many games and how many days the Canucks have and being tired, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they had a chance. They had a chance to go in uh, and, and you know, maybe steal a point, maybe take two and, uh, and actually beat the Colorado Avalanche who were struggling, right? Like I said, they'd won five of their last 11 after winning their first five games of the season. They had a chance to go in and take two points and they blew it early, 84 seconds into the period. Uh, they gave up that goal, and uh, Colorado never looked back. It was unfortunate. Um, I've got a lot of minuses in this one that we'll talk about here. Uh, a lot of things, uh, and I, I probably touched on quite a few of these throughout, but let's talk about genuinely my individual thoughts on this game. Uh, and let me just move the text so I can get to it a little bit easier. Okay, let's spend a few minutes on this, and then I'll get to your questions shortly. Um, let's start with, um, what I said sort of right off the top, this whole game felt like the avalanche had the pucks glued to their stick just a little bit more. It felt like the Canucks were fighting the puck genuinely. That's the best way to put it to me. Um, they had so many plays where they're coming up through the ice or even at their own blue line as they start to move up and they, they go for the dump and chase, which they've been pretty good at their four checks been good at winning those battles. Um, and I don't think that that's necessarily a problem. The problem here was the dichotomy comparing it to the avalanche in this game where sure they had their share of dump and chases, but it genuinely felt like they had so many times where they entered the zone with numbers three on two. They didn't have to dump and chase. They ha were able to take possession of the zone. The Canucks weren't challenging them enough in the neutral zone. The Canucks weren't winning the neutral zone. The avalanche absolutely did. Every time the Canucks would come up ice, there'd be a little bit of pressure. They'd have to dump in and, and chase it uh, or get a change or whatever. It didn't feel like the Canucks could actually skate into the zone with control and set up while the Avs did that seemingly all game long. Um, way too many penalties, uh, and one is on the Canucks, right? I mean, they took what five and they were all poorly timed essentially. Uh, but also it just felt like way too many things were called in this game. Like just lots of, just too many penalties. The rest had to chill in general. Um, and, and yeah, the discipline, um, as a whole, right. The, the timing of those penalties, you know, they, they're in a tie game in the first and they take a penalty and they're up one nothing 40 seconds after they take the lead Connor Garland takes that penalty in the first period you just you can't be doing that you can't be giving away those opportunities to go into the first period with the lead and what ends up they end up down after the first um, and then of course all the ones in the second period that negated that uh, that major power play um, individually um, Philip Ronick I mentioned uh, just hasn't been very good defensively the last couple of games. Uh, I know he's offensive focused, but that goal on the PK was not good. Uh, and just in general, it felt like it just felt like he was getting worked out there in the Canucks zone. It felt like too many giveaways, like on, on breakout opportunities, wasn't able to get the puck out. Uh, I did. I just didn't like his game tonight personally. Um, Thatcher Demko. I praise Thatcher Demko after 80% of games. Because Thatcher Demko is phenomenal in 80% of games. Tonight wasn't one of them. Tonight was not one of them. What, four goals on 24 shots? That is, uh, that ain't good, right? One in six going in. So that's a 833 save percentage tonight for, for Demko. That doesn't cut it. Uh, and and this team, again, they need, they, they have the offensive firepower, which didn't show up tonight. 
Um, they need a lot of things to go right, genuinely. And and they have gone right all year long. And this one game is not a definer in, in what the Canucks are, right? The Canucks have shown us that they are better than they were this game. Um, and the Avs sort of used them as a bit of a bounce back. Um, and what this sort of takes me into is the overall sort of theme that we're seeing here, right? Uh, if you look at the last handful of Canucks games going back to November 11th, essentially, that game against the Maple Leafs seven games ago, 11 days ago, they lose to the Maple Leafs, they beat the Habs and the Islanders, then they lose to the Flames and they lose to Seattle and they beat the Sharks and they lose to Colorado. So they have lost one, two, three, four of their last seven. So they've won three of their last seven uh, and only have six points across those seven games. Um, normally that's not the end of the world, but it's the comparing it to how good they were at the start of the season that it's a bit troubling. They've built up enough of a buffer that they can afford to have these little slips, etc. Um, but you know, the, the comfortable gap they built out will start to slim if they, if they, you know, retract, if they regress their play. Um, and I don't think this was a, a matter of regression this game. I think they genuinely got outplayed. Uh, and analytically, that shows it too. Um, you look at all situations, expected goals in this game were, um, or sorry, at five on five. Uh, actually, no, I'm, I'm completely wrong on the analytics side. The analytics actually favor the Canucks in this one, which feels wrong based on how that game went. It's 2.5 to 2.4, essentially, the analytics say, uh, expected goals wise. So a toss up. Um, but it did just feel like uh, this doesn't track time in zone, uh, but it definitely felt like that was just all in the favor of the abs. Um, and then uh, the big one, Elias Pettersson looked human tonight. Uh, and if we look at his stats, I think he was a dash on the evening. I know he was out there for quite a few uh, of those goals against. He was a minus two tonight. Minus two in 19 minutes. Uh, and again, plus minus isn't everything, but you know things were working with him on the ice tonight. Uh, he made a couple of decent plays. Uh, and then the biggest minus and sort of what I want to talk about going forward is injuries. That's, that's the big one. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to get an update on Tyler Myers. If anyone can, if anyone's got an update on Tyler Myers, that would be fantastic. I'm just going to search Tyler Myers on Twitter and see what comes up. Uh, I don't have anything. So if anyone's got an update on Tyler Myers, that would be fantastic. Um, two injuries on the defensive side tonight. And that is Mark Friedman going out seemingly with a head injury. Uh, and that is uh, Tyler Myers. Looks like a puck to the hand, maybe the wrist. Usually those are stingers, but usually you don't miss the rest of the game from him. Uh, and the fact that he did is a little concerning. Uh, obviously, you hope there's no like sprain or fracture or anything like that. Um, because things are starting to get thin on the Canucks D line, uh, when they lost Carson Susie to begin with, right? So Susie being out for the next, I guess, five to seven weeks. Now it was six to eight about a week ago. Um, things started to look pretty thin. Cause now you have a guy like Noah Juleson in the lineup consistently, right? You have, uh, Hughes Roenick, you had Ian Cole and Noah Juleson, and then Mark Friedman and Tyler Myers. Well, now if you take away those last two that I mentioned, your defensemen are Quinn Hughes, Philip Hronick, and Ian Cole. Those are your NHL defensemen, in my opinion. Which means you now have to have three, theoretically, non-NHL defensemen. Those being Noah Juleson, who I have not been very impressed with this year. Um, and then, I guess, Akito Hirose. And then pick your fourth, right? Is it Philip Johansson? Is it Christian Wolanin? Is it Matt Irwin? Is it Cole McWard? I don't know. 
I don't know, but it's it's getting thin, right? So they lose a lefty and a righty tonight because um, Friedman's a lefty. Myers is a righty. Hirose is a lefty. Common sense, talking especially, would dictate that you would need a righty to come up, which would be Cole McWard or Philip Johansson. A 22 or a 23-year-old, or Jet Wu, who's also 23, but I don't I don't see it being Jet Wu. Uh, and McWard and Johansson also do not require waivers. So now you're getting to the point where you have to call two more guys up <laughs> if both are out. And again, I'm really hoping not. But man, that defense starts to look really shaky. Like I said, Hironic, Hughes, Cole, Julson, Hirose, and McWard. Julson, Hirose, Willannon, Julson, Hirose, Johansson. That is getting very scary on the defensive side for the Canucks. Uh, especially since, you know, the goaltending has been a little shakier the last week and a half. Um, it's going to be a test. It's going to be a real test for this team. Uh, let me pull up the, uh, the old, um, let me just pull this up here. I want to see scheduling wise. Canucks play back-to-back nights this weekend. They play Friday at seven, Saturday at seven. Kraken Sharks. If they are going into these two games, at least they're, at least the Kraken game's close, right? They can get guys from Abby over there pretty quick. I don't know if the Abby, I don't know if Abby's playing at home this weekend, but essentially, are we going to be seeing on Friday night in Seattle uh, a roster with three NHL defensemen on it? Uh, an NHL roster on a team that is second in the Pacific Division, about to be third, most likely, because the Kings are right on their tail, um, and was first in the Pacific Division, first in the West as recently as a week and a half ago. Uh, are we about to see this team ice three NHL defensemen? That was always the risk coming into this season. They had essentially a core of six D-men that the moment one of them got hurt, you had to really start digging into the the sides of the barrel and, and things get a little bit scary. So hopefully, and for all the crap we've given Tyler Myers over the last five and a half years, hopefully, I guess four and a half years, was it a five by six? Uh, either way, hopefully Tyler Myers is okay and he can play. Because then now you have to fill the... I don't think Friedman's playing next game. It seemed like a head injury. I think he'll be out for a little bit. Um, but yeah, now you are looking at... Um, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, Hughes, Hironic, and Cole, and Myers, essentially, as your top four. And then, yeah, fill in the blanks for your next two. Is it Julson Hirose? Because um, at least then, if Myers is okay, that fills that right D gap. So you'd have Julson on the right, Hirose on the left, I don't love it as a third pair and they'd be playing some sheltered minutes, which means you're now seeing Tyler Myers is going to be playing like 23, 24 a night again, if he's okay, which is scary either way, not ideal, not an ideal situation for the Canucks to be in, uh, folks, I will now take a couple of your questions. Uh, so throw them in the chat. If you have those here, um, we'll take two, maybe three before we wrap up here. Um, and while we wait for those questions to come in, make sure you are subscribed here on SDPN. Uh, hit the like button while you're here as well. I appreciate you showing up after a, a pretty frustrating loss. Um, but keep in mind, the Canucks are still well in a playoff spot coming into tonight, at least per the athletic. The Canucks had a 94% chance of making the playoffs. So take that as you will. Maybe that's down to 90% now. That's still 90%. It's still, you know, it's not the end of the world. Uh, and make sure you stay tuned here for Friday. Uh, after this game, Kaya will have your game over stream on Friday. Um, and for myself, if you follow me, uh, subscribe to me over on Parker's Pucks, I might do a, a quick video from Outside Climate Pledge if the Canucks win. 
and if I'm happy. Uh, all right. Let's go to the questions. A fangirl says, how likely is it that Friedman goes on concussion protocol? I don't know. Uh, it seems like one of those things where he'll definitely go through protocol. Uh, it's just whether or not it's a, like he actually, you know, like they'll get, they'll get him checked out for a concussion. If he has a concussion, then he'll have to go through protocol, which means he will have to probably miss a week or two at minimum. Um, which again, the Canucks are playing a pretty condensed schedule right now. Uh, they play over the next week, Friday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday. So four games in the next six nights, essentially, um, or I guess seven nights that would be, um, there's really no rest, right? They have that rest from the, they play back to back and then they have the 26th and 27th off. Um, and then they're right back to a game every other day, uh, all the way up until December 12th. So really no rest for this team. Uh, DL says Petey's good. He's getting a lot of points, but against the good teams, he looks less dominant. I, yeah, the, the points I feel like aren't telling the story. Um, I mean, we had the thing of, you know, him, Miller and Hughes being the top of the entire league in points for, um, for that good, you know, week or so. And they're still up there, obviously, you know, he's, he's got another one tonight. Um, but Pedersen having the amount of points that he does, I, I feel like he could have so much more if he was playing at the top of his game, right? We're not seeing, you know, he's got 28 points, which is fantastic but he's not playing. He's not showing that dominance that he normally does. Like you mentioned here, um, you know, we're used to seeing him just bounce guys off of him, create so much open space on his own and, and create plays. Um, we just haven't seen much of that, uh, at least in the last, uh, the last little while, which is unfortunate. Um, but hopefully what, if there's something ailing him or something bothering him, hopefully that can get, uh, that can get through. Um, Daniel then says, can you honestly see the Canucks in a playoff position? I think it's way too early to say, even with their record. Absolutely. Um, they like, I, I think that's such an oversimplification of looking at this team and saying, oh, okay, well, they're actually not, maybe they're not playoff caliber. And maybe if you believe that this first 20 games or so, keep in mind, we're a quarter of the way through the season already. Time flies. Um, if you think this was all a fluke and this team is maybe their true talent is that of a 90 point team right? I mean, where were they last year? They were an 83 point team, right? And and they got better genuinely. And uh, so let's say they're a 90 point team from here on out. Where does that put them at the end of this season? That, I mean, they've built up such a gap over that at this point that ends them with like 96, 97, 98 points. That should pretty comfortably, uh, comfortably, comfortably be in a playoff position, right? They're playing a better style of hockey under Rick Tockett. They're playing tighter, um, they have, keep in mind a nine point lead, like a nine point cushion, uh, on the playoffs. American Thanksgiving has always been a very good indicator of future playoff teams. Uh, it's something like 80% or 85%. I don't know the exact stat of teams that are in a playoff spot on American Thanksgiving, which is tomorrow. There's no more games, uh, tomorrow make the playoffs. It's, it's so rare for big swings in the playoffs, like teams that are a couple of points will swing here and there, but it's a tough league to catch up in genuinely. And you look at this team, the way it's built, uh, you have two really good goalies. They didn't have that last year, right? When they lost debt, they had, they were, they had 83 points last year. They had to play Spencer Martin for a bunch of games and he wasn't good. 
genuinely. Casey DeSmith is a lot better than Spencer Martin. He's shown that in time already here. Uh, and Demko genuinely looks better than he did last year, even if he's had a couple of off nights. So yeah, I can absolutely see this team being in the playoffs next year. And all of the models have them being in the playoffs, right? The athletic coming into tonight was 94. Uh, Sports club stats was 99, but I think that's a little ridiculous. Money pucks somewhere in the 90s. Everyone's got them in the 90s because they are so like in such a comfortable position uh, and uh, yeah, they just need to play good hockey here on out uh, and win a little bit more than they lose, which they should do because they get to play teams like the Sharks uh, and apparently like the Oilers and the Blackhawks. And they've shown that they can hang in there with teams like Dallas, um, right? That was a really good measuring stick game. This was supposed to be another good measuring stick game too, and they, they didn't really show up, right? Um, that game against the Rangers that they lost in overtime 4-3 on the second night of a back-to-back that they genuinely outplayed the Rangers. Um, that was a real measuring stick game as well. So I think this team should not be panicking, right? They have had a little bit of a weak stretch, but they had such a crazy strong start that they can afford to have a few stumbles along the way. Anyways, that's where I'm going to wrap up. Thank you all very much for joining. Again, make sure you are subscribed here. You can subscribe to me at Parker's Pucks. Um, I think it's probably linked down below. Um, no, it doesn't look like it is. Either way, you can find it. You can search for it. Same with on Twitter, etc., etc. Otherwise, have a great night. I will see you all next time.